Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Turf Show Times Radio, the instant reaction show, also known as Pod TST. I'm Kenneth Arthur. With me, Blaine, the fiasco, didasco. Uh, which I've just given you a nickname, Blaine, but I think that it fits. What do you think? Well, it's a fiasco right now. Uh, <laughs> reaction to that uh, opener, uh, for yes, sure. Yes, it is. It is a fiasco. Uh, and I see that, uh, so the Rams win 34-14. This is the Instant Reaction Show. We'll come to you every week right after the Rams game uh, in some form or another to talk about uh, what has gone on, what has transpired there in the Rams game. And this was the first game of the season. A lot of unknowns headed into the year, a lot of assumptions, a lot of ways that we could have assumed things will go. And I think for the most part, I, I did see what I assumed I would see from the Rams in their 34-14 win over the Bears, the good and the bad. And we'll talk about both. Uh, but, you know, everything looks Pretty good there for L.A. with regards to the quarterback situation, which, of course, is so important. And knowing that in the NFC West, you have to bring the best to be able to compete with these three other teams. The Rams certainly did their part for the most part against Chicago on Sunday night, winning 34 to 14. I will say Chicago, you know, doesn't have a quarterback themselves, so did not get to see the Rams against the quarterback who could throw uh, the ball super good or downfield and may not see one until Tom Brady in week three. Uh, but Blaine, what uh, about yourself? What would you say was your uh, favorite thing about the game tonight? Matthew Stafford, for sure. It's got to be, um, you know, you're looking at a quarterback that, uh, first of all, new team, new system, but also, you know, again, no preseason. So this is his, his first look at sort of live action where you might see uh, some other quarterbacks and offenses across the league, maybe shaking off some rust, given that they've had limited preseason action. But, you know, this is Matthew Stafford with his new team, no preseason, and on his second play, uh, starts off with a bang. So that definitely is the thing that stood out to me the most. It's the thing that we have to talk about. I would not allow myself or yourself to avoid it, even though I think some people would, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't, I want to, we have to compare it to Jared Goff. I mean, this is the whole deal. This is the thing that changed about the Rams, obviously more than anything else. This was the biggest move of the off season for any team in the NFL you ha and it was all about changing literally from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. And I would say Sunday night was if Jared Goff has that night, one of his top five nights. I mean, I, I mean, going against a very talented uh, Bears defense in a lot of regards uh, and a lot of new moving parts in his first time playing in a game with the all of these players. Uh, I, I mean, he goes 
20 of 26, 321 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 12.3 yards per attempt, a pass rating 156.1, which is just below uh, the, the made up perfect passer rating. I mean, I don't endorse pass rating super hard, but uh, in all respects, pretty much, this is one of Jared Goff's top five games. If he goes out there statistically and has a night like this. And I think it also shows the fact that this is Matthew Stafford's best career primetime game also shows he finally got an upgrade too. Uh, what were your thoughts there on the difference in offense between Stafford and Goff? Well, I mean, the first thing that stood out to me is, um, you know, getting you watching the Rams offense over the last two seasons. The first thing that stands out is uh, zero fumbles, zero interceptions uh, by the quarterback. Um, so, you know, in the last wow. two years, that's kind of the baseline, what we would hope for uh, in a game. And then that's, that's where everything starts. Uh, add on to that three touchdowns, three, 300 yards. But uh, for sure, the, the first thing that stands out as improvement over the last two seasons is uh, the lack of turnover. You know, it's, uh, there was a lot of anticipation to see Stafford uh, nationally, but I also think the fact that, you know, the Rams got to go on national TV with a quarterback like Stafford what were your thoughts on the performances by Cup and Woods and Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby, uh, those four guys, because they were here last year. What were your thoughts on the receivers and Higby? Uh, first of all, it's um, it's uh, since we covered, you know, sort of training camp so well, it's exactly what we saw in training camp, what we hoped would translate into the uh, regular season. And uh, it's what we saw, spreading the ball around. You got uh, the deepest receiving core, all reliable targets, um, and spreading it out. So it's, it's tough for a defense to know where we're going to go with it, especially when you start with, you know, wide receiver three uh, for a 60-yard touchdown. Mm -hmm. It's hard, hard to know where to go from there. And, and it's, we certainly did follow up. But with, uh, you know, with Cup, 11, uh, 10, 11 uh, receptions in the game, um, and every play, everybody played a part. Higby got his, uh, Woods got his. So it's going to be tough uh, looking at this tape and trying to figure out who to key on moving forward. Yeah, Stafford had a 67-yard throw to Van Jefferson. He had a 56-yard throw to Cooper Cup. He had a 37-yard throw to Tyler Higby. He had a 19-yard throw to Robert Woods. He had an 18-yard throw to Deshaun Jackson. Uh, there was a 17-yard completion to Daryl Henderson. Um, so a lot of explosive plays, which does also feel like a difference from the last two years uh, of the Rams' offense, the two really big struggling years for Sean McVay's offense and uh, didn't obviously feel like a struggle here. You know, one thing about the last season was the Rams were on primetime four times and uh, the most, they had gone three and one in those games with the most points scored in any of them was 27 points. So an extra touchdown here in Stafford's debut, it just feels like even though you knew the Rams were once capable with Goff of putting up 34, 35, 40, you know, 50 points in a game um, that hasn't been the case for the last two years. So it does feel like, again, oh, wow, could the Rams finally combine? Uh, and by the way, I was looking up Jared Goff's deepest passes of 2020 were 56 yards to Robert Woods and 55 yards to Cooper Cup, both touchdowns. And so Stafford already has one play uh, that is longer than any of Goff's last year and one play that ties the longest of Goff's last year 
in his first game of the season uh, playing against the Chicago Bears on Sunday night football. First time playing with these players. Could tell that there was some excitement there. But defensively, uh, the Rams clearly had issues tackling uh, David Montgomery. I would say out there for anyone listening, David Montgomery was one of the leaders in broken tackles and yards after contact last year, only behind Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. So that was the company he kept. I think David Montgomery gets slept on a little bit because also of the fact that he plays for Chicago. Uh, But still, the Rams didn't really seem to bring it in that department early and then throughout the game. What are your thoughts on the Rams' defense as a whole? Yeah, I agree. I think that um, the the glaring weakness uh, was the run game, especially in the first half. it's hard to say. I mean, if there's any if there's any indicator of say lack of preseason reps or um, you know getting up to speed, it would be the defensive line or the the run defense. But also, you know, we're, we're playing sort of a soft box where we're, where we didn't allow any big plays, not not a lot of deep threats, but still nothing got behind us. And so, you know, it's hard to say. We we got to be tighter and look at uh, better gap management. But at the same time, you know, um, you know, we're still still did a good job distributing the coverage on the back end. But uh, definitely, we're going to face, you know, tougher, more balanced offenses. And we're going to have to tighten up the run defense. Anybody on defense that you felt uh, uh, maybe particularly a high on or maybe particularly concerned about? Jalen Ramsey looked good tonight. Jalen yeah. Ramsey looked good tonight in his new uh, sort of uh, nickel nickel position. Uh, so I thought that was uh, an exciting part of the new defense, uh, seeing his involvement. It looked it looked great. You know, you saw him on uh, run support. Uh, you saw him breaking out passes close, closer to the middle of the field. But at the same time, it, it does leave Darius Williams, David Long on uh, on the corner positions. Um, without Jalen Ramsey. So we're relying on those two a bit more. Um, and again, I think we'll, we'll face tougher pass threats, passing offenses that uh, they'll be tested a lot more. Um, so uh, that was an interesting look. And then once David Long got taken out, we got to look at our rookie, uh, Robert Rochelle, um, who came up with a nice uh, pass breakup on a fourth down. That was a highlight play for him. But uh, definitely Jalen Ramsey uh, was an exciting thing to watch on defense. Definitely. And I think that uh, Jalen Ramsey is another player who kind of still, even at his level, even at the level he's still at, still feels like he has another breakthrough he needs to have in his career. Mm. Um, You know, that, that next level of his recognition of his, you know, his, the caliber, everybody know, you know, he gets called the best cornerback in the NFL, but it still feels like he's got to have another breakthrough. Mm. And did tonight did feel like it could be headed in that direction. Um, as far as the Chicago Bears, you know, it does seem like they came into this game as realists. I think Matt Nagy came into this game as a realist, said, I, I realize that our the our our offensive line will will not um have that strong of a performance against Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and uh you know Sebastian with Joseph Day and, and all these big guys and pass rushers and what have you. Because the offensive line, he I think he he's obviously cognizant of where his offensive line is at. And then on top of that, uh, both Jason Peters and backup Larry Borum at left tackle left the game with injuries. So on top of all that, you know, the game plan to me for Chicago had to 
avoid sacks at all costs. And that really meant that a lot of the plays that Chicago was running were just straight up. Okay. Andy Dalton, you take the snap, you look to your right, you throw the ball. That's it. We have high percentage throws and hope to, you know, just convert third downs. And that seemed to be Chicago's hope was that, you know, maybe they could score 20, 21, 24 points somehow and hold the Rams to 20 points at home if Matthew Stafford uh, was a little rusty and they turned out not to be able to do that. Uh, they clearly did not, were not prepared for that opener to Van Jefferson and they, they clearly were not capable of uh, going up against everybody tonight on the Rams. But it, it, as far as the Rams not getting any sacks and stuff, because I did hear some talk about Oh, did Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd have bad nights? Why don't the Rams get more pressure? Um, what, what were your thoughts, Blaine? Because I, I thought the Rams did get good pressure. I thought that uh, it was pretty obvious play after play that the Bears had nowhere to go. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, nice to see Aaron Donald got one there in the fourth quarter. Um, and uh, Justin Holland's got a sack too. So I think both of those happened later in the game where they might be you know, reaching for, for big plays or deep passes a little bit more. Um, but other than that, yeah, it took to the fourth quarter, I think, to, to get our first sacks. But I think you're right. It was a pretty conservative game plan from them. Uh, I'd be interested to see what happens with those guys moving forward. Um, really, you know, if uh, Andy Dalton will be their starter uh, in the next game. I think uh, once we see more of Justin Fields, it's going to open up a, a lot more for them as far as um, having that mobile quarterback threat that's going to start to open things up for them. But yeah, I think without it, I think that um, tonight it was a good look at kind of what they've got as far as options. Um, we did, uh, you know, it's not surprising that we didn't see anything from uh, or hear of Tutu Owl or Jacob Harris. This is all not surprising, I think, uh, to most of us, right? So that's all fine and good that we won't hear a lot from the rookies usually and that's going to be a good thing. Uh, and if you do hear from them, maybe it's a great thing if it's a blowout Rams game where they can get involved. Uh, but we did see Robert Rochelle late in the game uh, with a pass defense. Uh, how did it seem to you? How did it feel to you to see uh, at least one of the rookies there getting involved? You know, I don't think that we need to see a, a bunch of these rookies at all. And I know people get anxious about that, but we did see something from Rochelle. Yeah, I think it's, it's good. I mean, I think, like I said, um, you know, uh, we'll have to see how, how well David Long and, you know, we're, we're all pretty confident and pretty excited about Darius Williams based on last season. Mm -hmm. uh, but David Long, I think, is a little bit less proven. So yeah. it's nice to at least get a glimpse at uh, Robert Rochelle and at least on that one fourth down stop, uh, that was a big play. So uh, it's nice to have our depth tested a little bit today to get a look. Other than that, I think you're right. Uh, if we don't see Tutu at well, uh, it's a good thing. We just talked about how much depth we have with our receivers. Um, but I think if we do see them, you know, we're all pretty excited to see, you know, a big highlight punt return at some point. If you can start now, now that the game is behind us, if you can start now to, to look way ahead there to the Colts in week two, knowing now what you've seen from the Rams after one game, do you feel any more confidence about going to Indianapolis? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, uh, the, we have a lot to build on. I mean, uh, you know, and we haven't even really 
I think, um, pushed our run game too much. I think uh, the good thing was that our pass game was working well enough for us that we leaned on that this game. Uh, but I think we have more to see as far as our run game. We got one carry out of Sony Michelle. So we got more to see out of uh, what he can contribute to the run game. So yeah, pretty excited going into week two. Uh, obviously don't want to look too far ahead, but otherwise the next big test will be coming back home to SoFi uh, mm-hmm. to see the, see the Bucks. Yeah. And I do think that it is, I mean, I feel like, it, you know, I feel like it's safe to say that Tom Brady is going to be the first real test for this past defense uh, based on what we've seen from Carson Wentz in the first week of the season um, and the Colts pass catchers. I think that few teams on the schedule might present less of a challenge than the bears and the Colts, uh, the bears, I think proved that tonight Um, and maybe the Colts will have something different uh, in a week, but based on the way that Carson Wentz has played in the last couple of years, um, it doesn't really surprise me or wouldn't surprise me to see Carson Wentz uh, just not be that same, yeah, that deep passing uh, threat attack um, that he was projected to be and started to become maybe before his injury in 2017 um and that's just a quick look ahead there to the colts uh blaine the fiasco didasco uh, any parting thoughts or anything else you'd like to say uh just that uh, yeah man rams rams fans have a lot of a uh, lot of reason to be excited i think um you know we will look forward to seeing this defense improve a little bit and i think still seeing more potential in this offense that was explosive tonight in week one I agree. I think when you look at the teams that win, I think when you think look at the teams that are in the playoffs, I think when you look at the teams that are in the Super Bowl, they have quarterbacks like Matthew Stafford. I don't think Matthew Stafford got the help that he, uh, you know, really would have showcased the level of quarterback he is. And that's just, you know, if anything, it's just a, you know, a testament to his loyalty to Detroit for that long until finally getting this opportunity. Because clearly if he had stayed in Detroit, things were not going in a great direction. So, um, or at least they're rebuilding. So he, you know, he knows it was going to be a, at least a couple, two, three, four more years. And with the Lions, you never, never, ever know. So uh, clearly I think Matthew Stafford is uh, the type of guy that with a good cast around him will um, succeed or, you know, at least be able to compete with those players that we see in the playoffs at quarterback. So that's why I agree. I think it's very promising and more promising even more after watching Stafford and his first start really, uh, really kind of do whatever he wanted for a long period of that game. So Rams are one and oh Colts next week. Uh, I'll be back with another episode of the podcast in the middle of this week. So stay tuned for that and uh, subscribe for weekly episodes of the turf show times radio instant reaction and you know weekly podcast covering the LA Rams I'm Kenneth Arthur